This podcast is brought to you by the film Ezra from Bleecker Street, directed by Tony Goldwyn with an incredible ensemble that includes Robert De Niro, Bobby Cannavale, and Whoopi Goldberg. Ezra is a funny and endearing story about Max, a divorced father struggling to co-parent his autistic son, Ezra. When faced with difficult decisions about the future, they embark on a cross-country road trip that has a transcendent impact on both their lives. Deadline calls Ezra a touching testament to the power of love. In theaters May 31st. Pampers Cruisers 360 is the must-have diaper to help keep your baby from taking it right off, which, if you've experienced this, can lead to complete chaos. With its 360-degree stretchy waistband that moves with your baby for a comfortable fit, your active baby can move freely. Think of it as baby yoga pants. Cruisers 360 offers a gap-free fit and has a blowout barrier at the back of the diaper to help stop any unwanted disasters. The best part? That stretchy waistband makes it so easy to change your wiggly baby, who is always on the move and can't be stopped. Just rip the sides to remove and roll it up with the disposal tape on the back. Voila! Pampers Cruisers are available in sizes 3 to 7 and now feature fun new prints. Pair with new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes, made from 100% plant-based cloth that grips the mess without fear of tearing. With Free and Gentle, mess meets its match. For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician-recommended brand. Whether it's her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct has everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. Hi, this is Laura Vanderkam. I'm a mother of four, an author, journalist, and speaker. And this is Sarah Hart Unger. I'm a mother of three, practicing physician, and blogger on the side. We are two working parents who love our careers and our families. Welcome to Best of Both Worlds. Here we talk about how real women manage work, family, and time for fun. From figuring out childcare to mapping out long-term career goals, we want you to get the most out of life. Welcome to Best of Both Worlds. This is Laura. This is episode 126, which is airing first on the very last day of 2019. And so it's fitting that in this episode, we will be talking about our 2020 goals. We are big into goal setting here at Best of Both Worlds. Sarah and I both get into this concept. Um, So when when do you usually get around to setting your goals and how how do you go about doing it, Sarah? I usually start sometime in the beginning of November. You guys all know my quintiles method, or at least many of you do, where I divide the year up into five segments instead of the typical four quarters. And the fifth quintile is from November 1st, so it starts right after Halloween. So it goes through the whole holiday season. And the theme of that quintile is just kind of celebrating and reflecting. So it's a natural fit for goal setting. So I'd say I start around then. And It kind of fits in with filling in my next year's planner, kind of deciding the big things I want to do for my year. And I've changed, like I've done different structures to my goals. And I guess I did do them sort of more generally this year, but you have a more structured approach. 
Yeah. Um, so we're recording this ahead of time. We're trying to get our beginning of the year episodes done and have them in the hopper for baby planning purposes here. Um, so I have to say that knowing we were recording this episode ahead of time gave me the kick in the pants to actually sit down and set my 2020 goals. I might have let it linger for a little while otherwise. But I tend to do this in court- quarters and corresponding with the normal Q1, Q2, Q3, Q4 that people are familiar with the three months. And I got this idea from a woman named Angela Gia Kim many years ago. She was pitch, runs a small business and had pitched an article on, on goal setting in different ways. And I thought it was a great idea. I wrote about it. And then I modified it to take my quarterly goals and use the rubric that I do for many things uh, in terms of planning thinking about life, three spheres, career, relationships, self. So the result is that I try to set 12 goals generally that are one in each of those three categories for each of the four quarters. I did that last year. I enjoy the process of doing it, but it doesn't totally fit with my method where I actually like to sit down each quarter or quintile and think about my goals. And they often change because sometimes if I didn't do something in a given quintile, then maybe I want to uh, do it in the next one. So I think I'm better off just making big goals for the entire year and then kind of refining things at the beginning of each segment of the year. But you go for the whole thing at once. Does that ever backfire where, you know, you get to quarter four and, but it looks like most of your goals don't depend on the prior goals, which is smart. No, they, they don't, which is, which is good. And I mean, the honest truth, I'm not even sure. We we had to revisit our goals at some point in the year. I, I'm not sure that I've been doing all of them, um, <laughs> which is, is, of course, the problem of setting these far ahead of time. Um, but, you know, I mean, enough of them are things that are reasonably within my control that it doesn't necessarily. And 12 is not a crazy number of goals. I mean, it's actually pretty... Number restrained, I would say. And I actually like the the quarter system um, because it allows me to think about the goals for the year, but no, I don't have to do anything about most of them right away. Like, so I might think, oh, it'd be fun to do, well, I mean, just hint, hint of what's coming, like a race or, or you know, whatever else, but I don't have to do that immediately. Like, it's not no, like scratches like, no. your itch it of something itch to say, I'm going to do it, but not now. And I like that. I think the phrase not now is is great for many things in life. Like, yeah. yes, this is a wonderful thing, but not now. Well, I'm sure you're familiar with David Allen's um, someday maybe list. I find that very satisfying to have certain things that are I don't want to forget about. So they get parked somewhere and then you can do them later or not. But I guess the quarters, it kind of means I'm going to do them. I don't want them so vaguely. I want to do them this year. So, yeah, that's yeah. cool. No, that's how I do it. Well, I think we should go ahead and dive into yours. Why don't why don't you talk about what what is on the docket for Sarah in 2020, what she hopes to accomplish? Yeah, and in case you want some visuals, maybe I will like post a picture. I emailed Laura pictures of my planning because in her journal it was uh, a specific goal. Why type this out when I can just send you the pictures of what I wrote out so nicely? So. So I just kind of divided things into different realms. And so instead of going by time, I just went by kind of thing in my life. So the first realm was the blog and the podcast, which I did combine into one big thing. And I still would like to complete my book 
proposal and shop it around, whether it gets accepted, who the hell knows, that doesn't matter. I just want to try to do it. Do the part you can control. Exactly. Exactly. And I definitely want to launch my newsletter, which I have the platform all set up and I have kind of all the parts in place. And I've been looking at other newsletters to see what I like and don't like. And I think I just wanted to share some more private or juicy tidbits that I don't necessarily want on the blog. Yeah. And I want to maybe, I do want to build an email list because that would help with, with part one. And I just think it would be a fun project. So I definitely want to launch that next year. So that's for that realm. I don't have specific podcast goals yet, Laura, but we'll work on that. We'll <laughs> Other that than out. to grow, which we definitely we grow. Yeah, to we want on. to grow our audience. Home, I don't really have a lot of goals. I do feel like I would like a more systematic approach to, I just feel like the kids' clothes are like insane and I have no systematic way of dealing with theirs or mine. And I'm still enticed by the whole capsule wardrobe thing. So I would like to audit my own closet in their closet each quintile, but that's my only home goal, which is pretty much aiming low. But that's that's how I feel about home. And by home, I don't mean like family stuff. I mean like my dwelling, <laughs> my interiors. Well, at least you only have one dwelling now, right? I mean, that's um, Well, hopefully by the time this airs. <laughs> yes. Okay. Um, my next domain of course is work and I would like to publish at least one poster and that's already in the works. I am possibly going to also apply to do a presentation at a meeting and I put master time blocking because I still feel like this is a skill. It really is new. What what does this mean to you? When you say time blocking, it means the discipline of keeping my stupid email, like, like, like to be, sitting there and actually get my sort of longer, more concentrated Mm. tasks done, blocking the interruptions in a purposeful way because I'm getting better at it. Like I see myself improving it, but I really have never had to do that. Patient notes are different. You foot your, it's a different, it's just my tasks are more nebulous and sometimes require a lot more deeper concentration than the sort of superficial cranking out. Not, not the patience is superficial. It's not at all actually, but it's just a totally different brain space. It's pretty straightforward. That's straightforward administrative. It's complex, but concrete. And now it's complex, but abstract. And I need to like make times where I'm just not interrupted at all, either by my own things or by other people. So that's what I'd like to do. And there's this physician coaching program that we're going to potentially train the residents in and then learn how to offer some coaching for them as well um, that I'm thinking about. So that's sort of nebulous too. I had a bunch of question marks in my work goals, but <laughs> that's okay. This is right. my yearly list. Like my quintile goals are where it gets real of like, this is what I actually want to accomplish. I think of this as more just like, what brain spaces do I want to be in this year? Should I keep going? Sure. Yeah, you can okay. keep going. I'm going to go to you. Okay. Fitness. No, I don't have one specific one. I'm just going to pick something new each quintile. So I just mention that. There will be fitness goals. I love there will that. Be fitness that's, goals. Your, okay. that's your new year's resolution that there will and be fitness I goals. I might join in your goals. So okay, I'll we'll let you see. talk about that. Family. I just want to do a kid day with, with each of the big kids. I'm not sure Genevieve needs her own kid day yet. Probably when she's four, then she'll three or four. I want to completely pay off the, uh, when I say pay off the house, you'd say, but you sold your house. I'd say, well, yes, but it, it actually cost money to sell our house in this particular climate. So we want to have that all paid off by the end of 2020. And um, we are aiming for, at least in my mind, I'd like to have at least a 20% savings rate. So this is not a financial podcast. I'll leave that to my friends at How to Money, but there you go. There's some numbers for you. And then my personal list, I'm going to do something a little different. 
Last year, I made a summer reading list and I really enjoyed that, just having this kind of list to go off. And summer was all filled with very light, juicy, mostly novelty type stuff. So I'm going to make a list for each quintile and kind of curate my own list for each one, because I think what happens is I get kind of stuck and I don't know what to read next. But if I put the forethought in, then I tend to plow through the list. So I'm going to try it for the whole year. How, how many books do you think is are going to get on each quintiles? I would think eight to 10. I mean, that's, oh, that's about what I read this year, though. Okay. I mean, I think I counted up that I was something like 38 books. And it's like, you know, so I'm not aiming for a lot more books. Um, but I just I, I think I'd like to do that kind of list form for the whole year and see what happens. And then I want to get I'm thinking about doing like many petties monthly because I kind of do them sporadically. And then every time I do them, I'm like, why didn't I just schedule this? And I'm thinking about a massage, like subscription. I was going to say prescription. Mm-hmm. It's late. Um, and then finally, I'm going to try to get my PMDD issues all ironed out. <laughs> well, so that's, yeah, we're I mean, yeah that's, a, that's quite the goal for the year. I mean, is that, uh, I, it, do you have specific steps you're going to take for that? Or just in, in general, uh, you're going to solve all I have a number of things I may try, including hormonal med, like who knows? I got to experiment. Maybe I'll report back. Maybe that will be something for my private newsletter subscribers. (laughs) When you're emailing thousands of people, it's not really all that private. Just Maybe it won't. It'll be intimate. I don't know. We'll see. (laughs) It'll be like a vetting process. We'll see who I let in. No, I'm just kidding. Anybody can subscribe. (laughs) Anyone can subscribe. That's true. All right. So I'm excited for you to reveal yours. There's some good stuff in here. All right. Well, I guess I'll, you know, get through at least the beginning before we need to take our break. So I do mine in quarters, as we said. So Q1 in the work category, I want to get my next nonfiction book locked in. Yay. So hopefully, you know, that will, will move forward. On the relationship front, I intend to have a baby, <laughs> ideally at some point in early January, and as part of that, focus on becoming a family of seven, because there's always transition when you know, helping the older kids adjust to this, um, just the things that we'll need to change about the rhythm of our, our family life as, as we become a family of seven, so that will be a pretty big relationship goal for that. In the self category, I want to get outside for 20 minutes a day. And I know this is probably easy if you're in Florida. It is less so when you are in the cold, northern, dark climate up here. And and also with, with a newborn, it can be very easy to become housebound. Um, but I would like to not be housebound. So, you know, that means handing the baby over to somebody else for a little bit and going outside just in the backyard or whatever. But I would like to get outside. And I did this as a goal actually last year. And it was a very positive thing for winter in general, which can be depressing, but fresh air is a natural mood booster. So I intend to do that. On the Q2 front, the work, um, I guess this could be a relationship thing, but I want to manage my childcare situation to support my return to work with an infant plus four older kids. And I know that is going to require some more childcare than we have currently. And so I'm thinking about what that will look like, um, what the ideal setup would be, but what will most make it possible for me to still feel like I can 
push forward with things, um, which is something I would advise anyone coming off maternity leave to do. Um, so I'm giving that advice to myself. The relationship front, I want to have our vacations booked for the year. We're going to take our first one ideally in mid-April, pretty low key, but we would like to at least do that, um, but plan them all. We, we've got tentative plans now, but I want them all booked at that point. Are there any Miami plans? I Well, I, if you want to invite me, I, I could come down. <laughs> we may wind up doing another Orlando extravaganza. We'll see. It's, uh, you know, if, if that's what the troops like, <laughs> sometimes you just have to give the troops what the troops want. Um, and then in the self front, we have tentative plans to wind up in Germany, if I can talk about this now, possibly with friends. <laughs> <laughs> possibly with podcasting friends possibly with podcasting friends but yeah i'm um planning to go to the bach festival in leipzig leipzig however you say that leipzig germany which is where bach is from i'm a big fan of bach's music particularly his choral music and there is an annual festival there and this is the year that it's going to get pulled off the bucket list and done so we've been talking goals. Sarah has shared her broad goals for the year, which she will refine through her quintile system. I have been sharing my quarterly goals, which I set in the three categories of work, relationships, and self. So Q3, on the work front, I want to do a marketing push on speaking. Most of my speaking business has grown fairly organically um, with people Generally, what happens is people watch the video of my TED Talk and then decide if they want to hire me or else they've been at a conference where I spoke and want to bring me to their group. And that's been awesome, but is now four years post-TED, or it will be in Q3. And so it's probably time to actually get off my butt and do some actual marketing myself. Um, so I'll do that. On the relationship front, I want to do mommy days with all four big kids and summer is a good time to do this. Q3 is July through October and usually it tends to happen in July and August because June is a busy speaking month. So it's better not to schedule it for that. Plus we don't get out of school till mid June, late June anyway. Um, on the self front, I don't know if this truly fits in the self category, but I want to execute on and embrace a housing decision. <laughs> whatever. So all the way in Q3. So this baby's going to be like a big baby by the time you have embraced your, have embraced I guess that works because the baby can be in your room before that. So yeah, well, we actually, we have moved people around. Um, so Ruth and Alex are going to be sharing for the first six months or so of the, of the baby's life. And then um, the baby will be in Alex's room by, you know, in as that as his room and then our two big boys still share. But if we renovate the house, then that project will start probably in September. If we move, it would probably take us at least that long to close on a house and get the renovations done there too. So, I mean, there, there's no way this gets solved before Q3 of 2020 anyway. So, I will embrace my housing situation, whatever it turns out to be. Just try not to think about it too much and stew over it. Anyway, Q4, work. I want to get this novel I've been working on done and out into the world in some capacity. I 
wrote a draft of a novel during National Novel Writing Month 2018 that I tentatively called The Norwegian Secret to Enjoying Winter, which is a playoff, a blog post I wrote at one point that was about the upsides of winter and all this. And I, I turned it into a, a novel and I've been revising it during Q4 of 2019. So, you know, I'll keep revising it. I like it. I don't know if anyone else will, but I can always self-publish these things and distribute it to my email newsletter list. So that's the upside of having one. And and finally, uh, oh, relationships. I want to do a short family leaf peeping trip. This is not an official vacation. It's probably going to be like a day trip or a weekend trip. But I had such a good time doing our cherry blossom visiting in March of 2019. I got so into it. I took so many photos when we went to Washington, D.C. for the cherry blossoms. I wound up buying a cherry blossom painting by one of my favorite artists. Like I really got into it. It's now hanging in my bedroom. So, you know, it's I always love autumn leaves. And and so I want to really make a trip out of it, go somewhere gorgeous, really focus on seeing the leaves probably happen in uh, mid to late October, given how the leaves go around. That's so funny. We were, I don't, I don't know if you saw my travel list, but we like have, I have similar plans. I think we're going to do a very short weekend in the Berkshires with my friends from college because we're going to go near where our college is. And one of them has, is having twins. So she's going to bring her twins. She was due right, right when you're due. Yep. And then the other one has a baby Genevieve's age. So we're going to have a little baby toddler fun trip with, with the big kids and Josh and everything too. So yeah. yeah. That would be beautiful. I mean, mountains and leaves. Mountains and leaves. I mean, we don't have that down here. So yeah, I don't, I'm trying to think where, I mean, the Poconos are obviously pretty. We could go there. We can do like upstate New York. We could um, yes. we go to the Blue Ridge Mountains if we want to go a little later. I mean, there's obviously there's many places we can go. It's just a matter of doing it and like booking a place and all that good stuff, but on it. Um, and then the self category. <laughs> so this is perhaps ambitious. But the Philadelphia Marathon is here every year in November. And so it would be a relatively easy one to sign up for. And then I could decide, you know, did I truly want to do it or not, uh, since I wouldn't be out any travel uh, or need to make plans around that. So what I think I would do is start training for the full and then evaluate and see how it goes. I, I, I put with this one, my goal is to run a marathon in the self-care category for Q4, but I will accept a half. If it looks like a half is more reasonable, which is possibly <laughs> what might I, end up happening. I mean, I've done many halves mm -hmm. in that time frame after a baby. I've never done a full in that time. I've actually none, have not done, I've done four, four fulls, but none since having any children. And that's why I'm sort of intrigued by the idea of doing it. But I, I will be like, I'm a little tired thinking about doing a full <laughs> well, after a baby. I mean, so I did a full um, after having Sam. And so I did it when Sam was seven months old. Oh, so, so you totally did this. I totally you did, did this. this. And this would, in fact, be more. This would be when the baby is like 10 months old. So yes. that actually stretches out the, the training a bit more. gives you a little bit more leeway in, in ramping up. You know, I, I just, I, I need a big running goal to get, get me excited about. And while. No, I, I think it's great. I'm excited. I mean, I'm really tempted. Yeah. Well, you can come run it with me. Um, no. Come visit your, your family. And I told you it's not the perfect training season for me because it just starts getting nice now. So it would mean like suffering through August and September <laughs> and October long runs, which ugh, 
I don't yeah. know, but maybe we'll like do overlapping ones and I'll do one in January or something. Okay. What's, well, what's yours? I mean, the problem is you can't Miami, run January yeah. here. It's not a good idea. <laughs> no, it's not. The Miami marathon is like mid-January usually Mid-January. or okay. early, somewhere in January. Yeah. Well, hey. So I maybe mean, I'll okay. piggyback. Well, if I miss it and if I miss it in November, like if I'm not trained and wind up doing the half in, in November, then maybe I could get myself to the full by January and then can come do Miami. And I would still be 40 because my, my remember when we had the oh, that's right. You were going to do this as a mother runner thing, people. Yes. I was like, well, I'm turning 40. But so I'll, I would still be 40 in January. I wouldn't have turned 41 <laughs> in <laughs> May. So. There you go. I don't know. Lose the ability to run marathons when we're 41 because I should take that into account then. (laughs) I believe I read a book that said there is data that shows that, like, you, the number of people that run marathons on like their, you know, zero years, or maybe it's like the nine year. I don't know if it's like you're trying to, is much higher and then it like goes down. So I'm just going to be a stereotype. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah. So those are my goals for for 2020 and we'll see. And now now I have them written so I can look at them, I guess, where I forgot what my 2019 ones were. Uh, hopefully I hit some of them, but uh, I, I've got these now typed out. I can put them in a slightly more prominent place. And yes. Got to keep looking at them. Otherwise, at, otherwise they're gone. <laughs> gone. Yes. And I also need to sit down and do what you did and do the whole mapping out your entire year of travel situation. Yeah. No, that's good. Cause I, I kind of mapped it out for myself, but I probably should make sure Josh is on board. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. See what he thinks. Yeah. <laughs> Consult. All right. Well, let's go to our Q&A. All right. I will read it. It came via Instagram. What tips do you have for managing meltdowns when you have to travel, especially for work? My partner works to calm my seven-year-old down and FaceTime seems to calm him shortly. But come time for him to go to bed, I get reports on the number of meltdowns. Though I shouldn't, I end up feeling guilty for the boy not understanding why I'm gone and the partner having to deal with multiple meltdowns. Any tips and tricks to help explain why travel is necessary, which I love to do, would be greatly appreciated. So this is this is an interesting question. I, I mean, you know, my kids are never entirely thrilled with my traveling either. They're slightly more used to it with Michael, although Jasper definitely is not happy about Michael traveling either. Um, I don't know that meltdowns is, is the right word to use. I'm, and I'm kind of curious if this is as much a partner issue as it is a kid issue so that this this listener's partner uh, which I'm not sure if the partner is is male or female from this question may not be thrilled about the whole travel situation and may not be how do I want to put this <laughs> you know what I'm saying there meltdowns happen partly based on how the parent in charge is reacting to the situation as well and it could be that this listener's partner is feeling like there's way too much travel, in which case the, the seven-year-old is picking up on that and isn't happy. And so I, I think it's hard to know, like, is, is she, you know, gone to Asia for three out of every four weeks each month? Or is this sort of more run-of-the-mill business travel where she's gone one to two nights every two weeks or so? Because if it's the latter then I think they really need to sort of sit down and and try to keep this in context for everyone, right? Like, okay, I tracked my time. I was literally gone two nights out of three weeks or something, or I was gone four nights this month. You know, there's 31 nights in a month. Uh, We probably don't need to make this a huge 
relationship sticking point based on that. You can also start sharing this with children. Um, Yes, the meltdowns are kind of scary, uh, but sometimes meltdowns happen because people feel like they're completely not in control of a situation. Whereas if they know when they're coming up, they can be a little bit less meltdown about it. It's possible maybe that if these dates are kept in context and are known ahead of time, our listener's partner could plan special things for that night. I know that if my husband and I are both traveling, often our nanny will do special things for for a given evening. Like they'll have, you know, sit in front of the fire or they'll watch a special movie or you know, just something to make it seem a little bit more celebratory, which which can be kind of fun for everyone. And then, you know, I would also say if maybe it's, again, if this is a partner issue as much as a kid issue, if the partner is feeling like he or she is not getting enough personal time because of this travel, then that's something maybe you can address. Like, I will take the kid on weekends for a while if it's a week where it's heavy travel to sort of sort through that. Because, again, if if the parents are making a big deal about it, the kids will pick up on that and be distraught. So if you don't make a big deal about it, then then it becomes more just something that happens. And, and hopefully that's something that your, your partner can also contribute to. But if your partner can't, if they're not in a mental space where they can do that, then that's a bigger issue that needs to be addressed. Yeah, I like all of that. I mean, I, I also wonder, she says she gets reports on the number of meltdowns. Yeah, I'm that's hoping- why I'm saying it's a partner issue. Like this person is unhappy. <laughs> I can't tell how many reports. Like I was picturing like that she's getting like a text and then another text 10 minutes later, like meltdown is still continuing. But maybe it's Maybe it's just one report. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I, I I think I think you mentioned like kind of the making sure your kid knows what to expect, like a visual calendar so they see exactly when you're leaving and exactly when you're coming back, maybe with a little bit of a countdown to it. And as you mentioned, maybe a reward at the end of the countdown. Like, I mean, as kind of materialistic as it is, all I have to say to make my kids like literally happy that I'm leaving is like, you get a toy when I get home <laughs> yeah. and they're like, oh, okay, bye. Like, well, what literally. is it? We had a Jennifer Patriglieri <laughs> on the podcast. She said she bought those toy like hamsters somewhere or toy squirrels, right? That she brought back for her kids. She took yes. photos of the squirrels in various places the, and then brought them back. All the way to the back. UK. Oh, yes, 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 exactly. yes. Yeah. So, I mean, sometimes obviously this person may have already thought of that. That's sort of you know, obvious, but it definitely helps in our particular case. And find out if the kid has some anxiety. I mean, maybe the kid actually has some, I don't know, they may have explored things already too, but are they afraid of the air travel? Are they afraid that mom's going to leave? Is there, is there some kind of like, you know, attachment issue surrounding this? Like, is there something the kid needs to work through is, is important because seven-year-old and meltdown. I mean, I will say my seven-year-old still does have what might be described as meltdowns, but it's starting to be a little less typical for that age group compared to if you said like a, a toddler. Yeah. Although again, I get it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. But, but and a toddler would have no concept then of like, what is five days from now anyway? So it's kind of a, a hard true. Yeah. But, but a seven-year-old could. and, and Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So you can definitely. Yeah, that's exactly when the age, because Cameron was is still like, what day is it? Is it, t- is it tomorrow? I mean, he doesn't need, <laughs> and Annabelle is like drawing actual calendars. And <laughs> she has her own Hobonichi, right? <laughs> well, no, she's, she's, she's decided on an Erin Condren kids planner instead. Cause it's Excellent. got stickers. But, right. Well, speaking you know. of which, what is your love of the week, Sarah? 
I wanted to give a shout out to my lovely Inkwell Press Discbound Planner that I got last year that is just for writing goals and it's cute and I think I will keep it long term because it has blank pages and I could just have goals in it forever. Yeah. No, that sounds great. It's funny because in in some ways we're very similar, but in some ways we're very different because I scribbled my goals on the back of a piece of paper I had printed up because I had to sign a contract. And so then I scanned it in. And so I had the paper and I was like, oh, it's scratch paper. I'll write my goals on the back of this. And so there's, which is funny because I have like a dozen nice notebooks sitting in my desk drawer that I could have used. Like I get these notebooks from various things and I don't know. I'm saving them for the perfect occasion. Apparently my 2020 goals wasn't, wasn't that. So <laughs> there's, they're, they're uh, handwritten on the back of a contract, <laughs> but you're going to put it somewhere prominent. So, that, so now it, you're going to be reminded of that contract every time. Yeah, you're... I know. <laughs> I should have been more. Okay. Anyway, my love of the week, it won't be that uh, we we've had very nice Christmas decorations this year and you know, I'm not the sort of person who would put a whole lot of time and effort into doing it, but our nanny decided to, and it, it was, it was awesome. Like I've they look amazing. I saw them on Instagram. Heartily like, encouraging. Beautiful. Beautiful. And, and so it's so nice to have a decorated home. And I don't know why I didn't think to ask somebody else to do this before, but <laughs> it's solved that problem. So yeah, good to, good to do. Um, that's amazing. That's amazing. Holiday decorations in general. I, I love it. I love having them. I don't love doing them, but I love having them. So that's my love of the week. Well, happy new year, everyone. Happy new year, everyone. We'll be back in 2020 with more on making work and life fit together. Thanks for listening. You can find me, Sarah, at theshoebox.com or at the underscore shoebox on Instagram. And you can find me, Laura, at lauravandercam.com. This has been the best of both worlds podcast. Please join us next time for more on making work and life work together. Bean Dad, The Dress, 30 to 50 feral hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus. And every week we take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who are they? What made them so notorious? How did the internet or the algorithm choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's brand new season two. I'm Marissa Thalberg. And I'm Stephen Wolf Bededa. And we're excited to be back having bigger, bolder, and always real conversations. Straight from the C-suite front lines of marketing, media, and more. We have great friends joining from people you may know, like Wilmer Valderrama and Bobby Burke. And people you'll want to know. So grab a coffee or, hey, even an Aperol Spritz and come join us on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Listen to brand new on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. 
Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.